0: with valentine's day falling on a wednesday it's anybody's guess as to what day date night is for my wife and i it was saturday we had to hire a sitter just to get out of the house so right at the gate we're down a hundred bucks the sitter's really chatty so it's a challenge just to get out of the door but we made it first stop was a hipster bar Not very good at pouring beers or listening. We should have gone to the crab bar next door where they have a lobster claw machine. Just like the stuffed animal claw machine, you put in $5 and if you can catch a lobster in the tank, they'll cook it up for free. Yeah, for sure, but we didn't go there. Instead, we paid $60 for three drinks and five dates. On to the next bar. This was the place with the best view in town and the worst food, so we just stayed for a drink. Then we went to a trendy bar across the bridge. There we met up with a friend of my wife. She's an ultrasound tech. She instantly told us her husband, Steve, who was also there, finally got a job. That's how she said it. Oh, poor Steve. Yeah, I could tell why he was pretty much unhirable as the night went on. Nonetheless, still a little hungry because I only had three dates. I asked the bartender who was a portly bearded man. Hey, what's the best thing on the menu? Well, that would be the buffalo cauliflower, he said. Get the fuck out. Are you a vegan? No, no, they're just really good. Well, we ordered them. Pretty tasty. Then I got into a conversation with a mover. Being the shaker that I am, I told him that I was in the real estate business and asked him what he could do for me if I referred him business. He got all high and mighty. says he doesn't pay referral fees. And I stopped listening because I already have a mover. That's when he showed me a picture of his truck's I said, oh, I've seen your signs around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I got to tell you, it was a big swollen thumbs up. I said, that swollen thumb makes me think that you're clumsy and you drop things on your hands all the time. Just my two cents. To which he replied, I came up with a thumbs up before Facebook. (laughs) Honey, we have to go. Our next stop, we had some beers at the whiskey bar, played Connect Four, and my wife dominated. She's ready to challenge Rondo for sure. After that, we made it back home. 30 minutes later, my wife was done talking to the sitter. I already had two pieces of pizza and fell asleep. Luckily, she woke me up, and it's time to wake up here. We're gonna talk about dates. I wanna talk more about cereal toys and what's on the menu at the next place you visit. We're gonna do it all today, so let's start joshing around. Prizes associated with breakfast cereals have been around for a lot longer than you might realize. Originally put into place by Kellogg's Corn Flakes, the first breakfast cereal prize, the Funny Jungle Land Moving Pictures book, was given to customers in stores if you bought two packs of Corn Flakes or more. In 1909 though, Kellogg's changed the book giveaway to a premium mail-in offer for the cost of a dime. In three years, they distributed more than 2.5 million Jungle Land books. In 1945, Kellogg's began to put prizes inside the box for the first time. The first prizes were some pinback buttons, first to include US Army squadrons, then newspaper comic characters, baseball players, football players, the list goes on and on. In 1946, though, the invention of a screw injection molding machine by James Hendry changed the world of cereal box prizes. Thermoplastics could be used now to produce toys more rapidly and more cheaply. Making it cheap made Kellogg's put more stuff in the boxes. In the 1970s, though, the game was changed again with gas-assisted injection molding. This made the prizes even better. Hello, Spirographs. What's up, Frogman? Come swim in my tub. I love the Honeycomb bike license plate. The Jackson 5 actually had a record on the back of a sugar comb box at some point. Can't get enough of gold Golden Chris. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. These toys weren't just good. they great. Uh-huh. We'll see how great. In the book Good to Great, author Jim Collins opens by saying good is the enemy of great. He explains that when we have good schools, good businesses, and good government, we're prone to accept that level of quality as sufficient. And while I agree with him, I'll also say that perfectionism is a form of procrastination. Sometimes just getting started and doing something is better than doing it the right way. Now, learn as you go on this baptism by fire. Don't just accept good forever. But please, take that first step forward, right? You know I love cliches, and the journey of a thousand miles begins with a simple step. And let's step right now. Step one, step two, step one, step two. One of my jobs growing up was as a ballroom dance instructor. The ad said that you could get paid to train and then make money teaching ballroom dancing in their classes. Step one was to come in and learn the steps. Simple. I was a young man, very agile. In fact, I'm doing the foxtrot right now. Step two, not quite as simple, teaching it to others. While I can be a teacher, I am a coach. (laughs) I was in a retirement community. And there was a little too much tushy squeezing for me. So I didn't stay in the job that long. But that training has taken me so far. Last Friday, my daughter's daddy-daughter danced for her school. She's a sixth grader. And that training allowed us to dance gracefully together and dominate the dance floor when we were apart. She's 11 years old and she's not embarrassed by me yet. Hopefully that feeling lasts for years to come. Here's a question. How far into the future do we have to travel before we get rid of time zones altogether? You know, because the idea of a time zone is so the sun is overhead of us all at 12 noon. But do we need that? If we're all existing in the same plane, can't we just agree to Earth time? And and you know what? Midnight might be bright for you in Earth time. It might be dark for me. We need to get rid of all of the old thinking associated with the time and just accept the fact that we're one people. I don't want to sound too much like a reggae poster. But that's it. One love. One time. I was on a date one time when the opportunity to ride in a horse-drawn carriage presented itself. It was a bit cold outside, so I asked the driver, Do you have a blanket? To which he replied, No, no. I'll be fine. Oh, thank God. Never mind, sir. We'll just hoof it. A friend of mine had a German exchange student in high school, and of course, the first things we wanted to talk to each other about were swear words. I asked him, hey, do you guys use the middle finger in your country? He says, no, we don't. We do this. And he puts his index finger to his temple and he points. And I was like, what does that even mean? And he says, it means you have birds in the head. In my humble opinion, the baking powder submarine is the best cereal prize ever was. This is a plastic toy submarine that dives and surfaces with the addition of baking powder. Baking powder submarines are sometimes misidentified as baking soda submarines. However, baking soda alone dissolves but does not react when placed in water. Thanks a lot, Mom. That's why I thought these toys never worked. When they did work though, especially in the commercials, they were awesome. Developed by Benjamin and Harry Hirsch, two brothers in a cosmetics company, they discovered that carbon dioxide gas bubbles produced in wet baking powder as part of the chemical leavening process could be used to make a toy submarine dive up and down in freshwater. And I bought so many boxes of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes just to see these things in action. Their idea, which sold to Kellogg's breakfast cereal in 1954, Could you imagine that? Kellogg's bought this. They were mail outs for 25 cents a piece and one cereal box top. Smaller versions were used later as a cereal box prize, not requiring special redemption. I was dissing on dates earlier and that's not entirely fair. Though I did pay $9 for five dates. They were adorned with goat cheese, a delectable sauce and a jalapeno. They were delicious. My wife mentioned to the hipster bartender, yeah, these are good. Dates are expensive. And the bartender certainly agreed, but then like any good hipster, she said, that's why I get my dates on Amazon. There you go. Pro tip on dates from an authentic hipster. You're listening to Ambient Noise on Anchor.fm. One rule I try to keep in mind when fine dining is to always order the most disgusting sounding thing on the menu. I mentioned buffalo cauliflower. I'd never get it, but it was better than buffalo wings. Thanks for the recommendation, Fat Beardy. That said, it's always something you think would be disgusting that pairs perfectly together. The chef wouldn't put it on there if it wasn't great. So the next time you see octopus drippings with cheese, order it. If you see raspberry vanilla beaver anus order it it's going to be great by the way we've talked about it before artificial flavors like vanilla raspberry blueberry can come from beavers anuses so fun fact beaver butts smell great if you see beaver butts on a menu order it it's going to be delicious enjoy I don't want to tease this too much because then it won't be near as great as I think it is. But I am taking calls on anything that you've lost. Have you lost something, whether you've found it or not? Give me a call and talk about it. Did you love that show Lost on ABC 10 years ago? Give me a call. Let's talk about it. Did you love that show or movie Lost in Space? Keep it to yourself. Danger. Will Robinson, danger. And now it's time to end our show with a polite kiss on the cheek. Thanks for being in the friend zone where we heard about date tips. Yes, sir. Prizes in cereal made today's show part of a complete breakfast. And we learned the proper way to order off the menu. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go get a William Hurt style haircut in time for the actual Valentine's Day. Please send me your lost Collins to be sure that I'm not losing it. And we'll get together the next time we all start joshing around where I'm sure it'll be delicious.